We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty. It feels like we were just here not too long ago, but we are back for part two of the Trade Ideas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast. Fachi and I are really excited about this one as we continue to dive into trades that could make sense for the Indiana Pacers, but I think you guys kind of have a feeling of where we're headed based off of the first episode and what kind of players we're looking to go after. So with that being said, I'm going to get out of the way and bring on Kristen Airy once again for that new Setting the Pace intro. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Halliburton, a deep three for the lead. And Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits a three in the In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! go. Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got pacers hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All facts. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep 
scoring, we don't need to stop. New episodes, weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex and setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Alex and. You never know, Fachi. Well, I'm gonna give you another trade here, Fachi. And this is a two-team deal between the Atlanta Hawks and the Indiana Pacers. Ooh. The Indiana Pacers getting Bogdan Bogdanovich and Bruno Fernando for Buddy Hill, Isaiah Jackson, and that 2027 pick swap. I'm, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. I mean, Bogdanovich is definitely someone that, you know, I, I've liked his game. I love the, 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 the contract structure. I think that the dollar amount is really good for the Pacers. Um, I think that that's uh, – the the pick swap in there is is much better than giving up a 2028 first round pick. I just yeah. think that 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 pick you really got to hold on to that pick until the player that you're going to trade for is really someone that you absolutely cannot get without that pick. So I, I think that in that trade that you mentioned there, it's good value. Would Atlanta do that deal? I don't know. I really don't know, uh, and th- and that's the thing. So you mentioned it was what Buddy Ijax and twenty twenty seven pick swap. swap. Yeah, you could, you could throw another second in there if you need to. I mean, yeah. just we have a lot of seconds. You probably could give away two seconds from this year's draft just to make it look better. What are we doing with those seconds? We're not, not taking them. Like, we're that. gonna sell them anyway. So you have to. I, I just I feel that those picks need to be traded, whether it's at the deadline or on draft night. Yeah. We're not bringing in a second round pick that's going to trade. You're going to end up with like a Mojave King type of situation where you're just drafting someone just to draft someone and mm. hold on to the rights. So, yeah. um, yeah, in, in this scenario for Atlanta, look, they want to be sellers. They, they 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 want to, but they also want value back. Is that mm. enough value for them? You could say that you know probably isn't, but it depends how bad do they want to shed some salary. And this is definitely a way to shed some salary. If they can't move DeJounte Murray, I feel like they got to move someone. Otherwise, you're kind of just stuck in the middle. And uh, I'm not sure it's enough value for them. But if I'm the Pacers, I definitely do this deal. Yeah, and 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 that's where I get kind of worried. Like, am I giving enough up if I'm Indiana for this deal? My my thought process here was they want to get rid of Clint Capella. He's only got two years left. I know Akongwu is kind of the center they want to play with. I feel like yeah. Isaiah Jackson's a very similar type of center, so it would kind of allow them to play the same way if he's the backup there, and he's a lot cheaper contract than a Clint Capella. So to me, it made a little bit of sense because they are getting a young asset in return for for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's a little bit older. I yeah. know they really value him, but that could just be trade talk that's getting out there in the ether, and they could just be saying that just to try to like bolster his value up. But if I'm Indiana and I feel like he's a guy that could really move the needle for me, especially being the leading scorer uh, off the bench this year for the NBA, he's a legit six-man candidate. He's very comfortable in that role, and you don't have to like feel like you have to force him to start. I think a lot of teams would be interested in him, so maybe you do have to, unfortunately, part with that 2028 first-round pick with like a top 10 protected on that top eight, something like that, uh, to try to get him, and then you maybe hold off on, obviously, those second-round picks, but... I just feel like he could kind of move the needle for the team this year in terms of his ability to kind of be that, not just a scorer, but I feel like he's a pretty good passer too, would fit this yeah. team pretty well. I think he definitely would fit this team pretty well. And, you know, if once you move on, if you do move on from Buddy Heald, you need his replacement. 
And I definitely don't think that Ben Shepard can just step into that role. Like you want someone who's far more proven, and Bogdanovich is definitely far more proven than a Ben Shepard. And I think the contract value is just it's really good. It yeah. really is, especially what guys are signing for now. That's the type of contract that allows the Pacers to still continue to build. So mm. I would be on board for that trade if Atlanta would. I don't know if that's a type of trade that needs that third team in there to kick them a first-round pick. Uh, but I, I'm just very scared to part with that 2028 first-round pick and have, you know, then not being able to trade a first-round pick until 2030. That just feels like a lifetime from now. Yeah, it's a lot. That's why I think the swaps could make sense. Even if you did a 25 and 27 swap, that's two picks. But, I mean, it's two pick controls, but they're two picks you can't trade anyway. So yeah. you'd still have it, and you could still trade your 2028. That could be interesting. It's not bad because I, I think that Atlanta and the Pacers are teams that are typically somewhat in the same range. You know, it's yeah. like they're they're both like should be good teams, not great teams, but not, you know, not, you know, bottom dwellers in the East. So I think that if you did do pick swaps, I don't think that it would bite the Pacers because I don't see Atlanta, you know, turning this around very quickly and becoming some, you know, juggernaut of the East. Yeah, for sure. All right, I've got a couple left. How many do you got left? I got two more left. All right, so, hit me with your next one. I got I got one for you. I don't know if this is my best one or not. I got mm. one that I think you're probably going to say no to. But I'm going to go with this one. I like this deal. <laughs> All right? So this is a trade involving the Pacers and the Wizards. Okay. Now, the Pacers in this deal, they're sending out Buddy Heald, Jalen Smith, and two second-round picks. They're getting Daniel Gafford and Landry Schmidt. Now, tell me what you think here. Landry Schmidt has two years on his contract and $11 million and $11.7 million, but they're both non-guaranteed. Mm. Now, the Pacers would have until June of this year to pick up next year, and then the following year is a team option. So they could get out of this contract for nothing. So I think that's very appealing, and, and Schmidt has always been a good three-point shooter in this league. He's averaging oh, just over 37%, but he's had plenty of seasons hovering right around 40%. Daniel Gafford, moving forward, he would be owed $13 million and $14 million. This is a very solid defensive center. Good shot blocker, good rebounder. If Jalen, if you don't feel confident that Jalen Smith's going to re-sign, hey, all of a sudden you got Turner, Daniel Gafford, and Isaiah Jackson, and obviously, you know, Turner will be uh, on his fi the final year of his deal. Yeah. So, uh, while Gafford is not a three-point threat by any means, I think he makes this Pacers team better defensively. Shemet, you can get some good three-point shooting in. And then the, the Wizards, look, they shed uh, payroll. They also get two second-rounders in the process. What's your thoughts? Man, I like Daniel Gafford a lot, and I talked about him a lot before the year started, saying he they, they should go get him as the backup center. Obviously, this team is pretty much open to trading everybody besides Bilal Koulibaly. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't even know if Denny Avdia is in that conversation too, but, I mean, I just feel like this is a wizard scene that you could probably maybe take advantage of. I think they got a weird obsession for second-round picks right now. It's yeah. crazy. They're stockpiling them. Yeah, they're definitely in a rebuild mode. I'm kind of intrigued by it, but Ooh. I'm – I don't know. I'm just big on Jalen Smith right now. I don't know why. I just feel really confident with him at that position. I almost would feel more comfortable if they would be willing to do this trade. Maybe you swap Obi Toppin out for Jalen Smith, and then you can play Gafford and Smith together. 
at the four or five, even though it's not ideal playing Jalen Smith that, at the four, you know, it's just, to me, it's a little interesting. I'm I'm just thinking about this from a Pacers standpoint, like does it move the needle that much? I don't know if it does to where I would want to make that trade. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're also, yeah. you're also giving up two second round picks, you're giving up two second round picks. Do you, think, but... do you think that Gafford's the best player in this deal? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think okay. I probably do. Uh, Jalen Smith's a good player. He is a good player, but I think that when you're looking to get better defensively, I mean, if you would have Miles Turner and Daniel Gafford, you have really good rim protection. Yeah, really good rim protection. And when I debated Obi, I just thought to myself, all of a sudden, like if you're talking about like centers, you know, then you're looking at Turner, Gafford, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Jackson. And yeah, you could move some some guys over to you know Jalen play the four. This is and that, but I also felt like. If you trade Buddy Heald, you don't want there to be this big drop-off three-point shooting-wise because there will be a drop-off. Landry Schmidt, I think, is good enough to be able to plug in. He's cheaper. He doesn't need to play 20 minutes per night. And that contract, the fact that they could get, you know, out of it, you know, if they if they just decline it by June, I think is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It could also be, become, you know, a valuable trade chip. You know, so th- there is that potential. I think the second-round picks, I just think that, like what are the Pacers doing with you know two second round picks this year? Yeah, I just think that that's that's just too much. Uh, so I, I just did, did it simply as a twenty twenty four second round pick and a twenty twenty five second round pick. Mm-hmm. So they spread it out a little bit just in case the Wizards are like, how what are we going to do with all these second round picks for this year? We can't we can't draft six guys and bring them in. But at the same point, I, I do think that Washington is looking to make some deals. I think you know. Tyus Jones is going to be someone that's going to be moved. They said, you know, it sounds like Kuzma's available. I, I just feel like these were players that can round out this roster for Indiana. No, it does not elevate them from, you know, winning a playoff series or not. But I think that it it, it does make them, uh, they remain well-rounded. Would Do you think Washington would be interested in throwing in Tyus Jones instead of Landry Schmidt in this deal? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think we're giving up enough. Uh, Tyus Jones, I think I think they're holding out hope that a first-round pick could come for him. I don't know yeah. if that'll happen, but I think that a team could trade numerous second-round picks or just a young player that could be around for a couple of years and some second-round picks. Yeah. I mean, the more I think about this, I'm intrigued. Like, it's, like I like Daniel Gafford a lot. But man, I'm torn. I'm really attached to Jalen Smith right now. It's hard for me to like envision not him not being on the Pacers right now, just because I feel like he's been so good with that second year. Yes, he he has been really good. He he's taken his game to the next level. I, I just I he just wants feel to like, be here. That's the thing. He wants and, to be an Indiana Pacer, which is hard to it's find. It's awesome. It, it that is definitely true. That is hard to find, and I, I also feel that I feel that he took a discount last time for a starting role. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to take another discount again. I think that Jalen Smith is going to want to get paid, and I, I, I get that. And by saying want to get paid, that's not that we're talking fifteen million dollars or anything, but it could be—I don't know—it could be somewhere in line of like a three-year, thirty million dollar deal or something of the sort. In my opinion, it could be roughly around ten million dollars or so. Who knows? Who knows? I just think that if the Pacers know. We're probably not going to be able to re-sign Jalen Smith. This is an opportunity to at least say, you know, hey, if both players are making $12 million, who would you rather have, Gafford or Jalen Smith? You tell me. Yeah. I'm. Ah, that's tough. 
It is tough because, like I said, <laughs> Daniel Gafford is a non-shooter. Yeah. Non-shooter. It's he's not he's Isaiah Jackson, and I feel yeah. like if I have Isaiah Jackson, I'd rather just have him on the roster than Gafford. If he's going to be able to play like he's played all year. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ga- Gafford's Gafford, obviously better. Yes, exactly. Like, Gafford, Gafford's good. I, I want to say that he's shooting, you know, roughly about 60% from the field yeah. this year. Uh, I got to write up. So he's averaging 11 and 8. He's shooting, actually, I undersold it, 69% yeah. from the field, and he's averaging two blocks per game. He's been a good rim protector year in, year out, so it's not like it's a fluke. And uh, he's also averaging a steal per game. So yeah. I just think that defensively, you know, there's not going to be a big drop-off. There's not going to be a drop-off defensively between Turner and Gafford. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not a bad idea. I mean, and you got to think long-term here with Turner, too. Like, what's going to happen with that contract? We don't know. We do not know. And yeah. there's a scenario where what if Jalen does opt out and then Turner opts out a year later? You have one center on the roster and Isaiah Jackson, who at that point you'd have to give him a new contract. There, there's a lot of uncertainty. So at least Gafford is under contract for two more seasons. And and what if the Pacers, I mean, I'm just going to spitballing right here too. What if they feel like, you know, Jalen Smith is not that much of a drop-off from Miles Turner and they let Miles walk and make Jalen the starting center because he does provide that three-point shooting, which is part of the reason why Pascal Siakam wanted to come and play with Miles is True. because of that inside-outside game. And I feel like Jalen's shown that he can be a little bit more athletic this year than than Turner can. I mean, he can catch lobs. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that I think Jalen's better by any stretch of the mean. I, I still no. think Daniel Gafford is the best player in this deal. But at the same time, how old is Daniel Gafford? Is it 26? Uh, let me see. Daniel Gafford, I got it pulled up. He is 25. Yeah, top. not bad. Right not around bad. the same age. It's not a bad deal. It's just... It's just one I'm scratching my head on about a little bit. <laughs> you know, I like Jalen Smith going back home to Washington, uh, Washington D.C., Maryland's where he played college ball yep. at, so maybe he would like being there. It makes some sense. I think that Indiana could consider it, but I don't know. I don't I don't feel like that's the player that they're looking at right now because I feel like they really like oh, yeah. their center depth. I mean, I haven't heard a, a single peep between the Pacers and any interest in Daniel Gafford or anything. I was just scanning this trading machine, and I yeah. was like, who could we take advantage of? And I looked at Washington, who just has this uh, obsession over second-round picks. So, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can work out a deal with them or not. But yeah. I'd like to hear some of your other trades. Yeah, and I'd like to hear fans and listeners of this show's thoughts on that last trade because I'm, I'm kind of curious what people think of Daniel Gafford besides myself um, and maybe if I'm just being too protective of Jalen Smith with my, with my valuing here. But... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My next one here is a simple one. It's uh, another Alex Caruso trade, Fachi. So it is the Pacers and the Bulls doing a, tr- a trade straight up. Indiana's going to send Obi Toppin, Isaiah Jackson, and that 2027 first-round swap that I talked about already for Alex Caruso straight up. Okay, so you said Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin. No, no. Obi Toppin, Sorry. Isaiah Jackson. Okay, Obi Toppin, Isaiah Jackson, and then the 2027 pick swap? Yeah, for, for Alex Caruso. Caruso. I, mean, I would definitely do that deal. I would definitely do that deal. With the Bulls. I don't think so. 
What else would they need? Because I don't think they want Buddy Hill's contract. This gives now, them two front court guys that they can add because they don't have a lot of front court depth. That's the problem. You, you got to see what happens with Patrick Williams if they bring him back or not. But I'm just um, saying, even off the bench, they don't have a lot yeah. of front court depth. They've got a lot of guards. They've got like Dasunmu and Kobe White and Lonzo Ball and DeRozan and, and Levine. Like they've just got a lot of backcourt players, but not a lot of front court guys. So you're giving them two front court guys and a first round pick, basically, with the swap option. You know, for Caruso, I understand Caruso's a lovable guy, but like next year, his value is going to be so much worse as he's an expert. Oh yeah, I'm I'm wondering if you got to kick him like a, a second round pick or two. I, I mean, think I'd give, be, him, I'd give yeah, him two or three. I, I know, I know. I just think that if you throw in two second round picks, they I think they could justify it a little bit more of a okay. You got two second round picks. You got two players that that could potentially you know be on this roster moving forward for for years to come. I think I think it's a it's a pretty solid deal. I don't th- in my heart I don't think anybody is coming with two two first round picks for Alex Crusoe. I don't. Either. I just don't. I I just think that look good player, but like not the kind of player that you trade two first from. Because like yeah. I, I think about a couple of years ago, I remember when Derek White went for two first round picks, and I remember being like, "Whoa, really? Wow, like, that's interesting." Derek White is also an all NBA defender and then, you know, was a, a fringe all-star this year. I don't think there's that next level in Alex Caruso's game to be a fringe all-star. So I think that uh, two sec- two first-round picks is not going to happen. I think if they get one first-round pick and a player back, like a young player, they should they should really jump on that because Chicago's in some trouble. They they, they need to they need to make uh, some sales. I think we probably got to kick them two second round picks in this deal. Yeah, I agree. I I definitely think there's got to be some kind of pick stuff in here. Um, But that's that for me. Uh, I've only got one that's really like worth mentioning. So I'll let you do your next one. I got one. I I think you're going to shoot it down. uh, And I think others will probably shoot it down. So I debated going with it earlier, but I'm I'm just going to stick with it. And I'm going to present it. What do you think of a deal involving the Indiana Pacers and the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And in this scenario, DeAndre Hunter is going to the Indiana Pacers yeah. for about the 10th time, like I've said. So okay, it's going to be DeAndre Hunter for Buddy Heald and Andrew Nimhart. And that's what it is. And Yeah, it's tough, dude. It, here's the thing. We don't have first-round picks to offer. But for DeAndre Hunter, he's making 21 to $25 million over the next three seasons he just returned he's healthy now he's a real solid two-way player good three-point shooter i really do think that he could be one of the missing links for the pacers assuming that they're able to re-sign pascal siakam if you have halliburton you have siakam and all of a sudden you have deandre hunter you still have benedict matherin you know we'll see what happens with the niece obviously you have neesmith see what happens with the rest of the roster but in this scenario for Atlanta, why would they want to do the deal? Well, you know what? They're getting salary off. They're shedding about $65 million. And they're getting Andrew Nemhard, who if they move on from De- uh, DeJounte Murray, Andrew Nemhard is way cheaper and very promising for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that Atlanta says no to this. Okay. I, I, did, I did initially have this. I held this back. And, and the snapshot that I took from the trade machine there's yeah. one second round pick in yeah. that deal. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to move the needle that much. I don't, I don't think it matters out. that much. Okay. 
For the okay. record, though, I did have Buddy, Nemhard, <laughs> and one second-round pick, but I was like, you know what? Let me hold that back, see if you just shut it down off the bat. No. That's what I could do. I don't want to over-trade and, like, throw in, you know, like, pick swaps or anything, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I think Andrew yeah. Nemhard would be a, a good addition to Atlanta moving forward. I think he could play well, probably opposite Trey Young, maybe hide some of his deficiencies on defense. But also they are shedding a bunch of money, which maybe at that point they're like, hey, you know what? We shed John Collins' contract. We shed uh, DeAndre Hunter's contract. Yeah. See what they want to do with DeJounte Murray. I don't know. I don't know how they value Andrew Nimhard. I mean, I feel like Nimhard's got a lot of value across the league. But I also just don't really know if it's just – I know a lot of Pacer fans get frustrated with Nimhard because he's very inconsistent up and down and whatever. But that's a tough one. I am I like the idea of DeAndre Hunter. I think that him in the starting five with Neesmith just makes them so huge that it could be really good. But I worry about secondary playmaking. You, you're going to get that from Siakam, obviously. But yeah. I still just think having another point guard out there like Nimhard I just really value that, and I know Rick Carlisle values that with what he's looking for. And while we've seen Neesmith have career nights and assists the last couple of games, you know, against, was it Boston and Memphis? Like, he had really good numbers. That's not really who he is. No. And I also don't like the fact that you don't have a lot of point guard depth if T.J. McConnell gets played out of a playoff series. And that that's definitely a possibility. I mean, hey, look, if McConnell does get played out, I mean, he gets played out. But you also do have McConnell under contract for next year, which yeah. then all of a sudden he could be part of the rotation again instead of you know being phased out. So there is that possibility. Uh, I, I just think that Hunter is someone that makes this Pacers team better. Like I definitely believe that, and I think that for Buddy, that's that's the big salary that matches up in there. It allows you to keep your boy Jalen Smith. You know, Jalen's not going anywhere in this scenario, so that's good. But that that. Pacer fans are very torn on Andrew Nimhart. I guarantee you'd have half the group saying, absolutely do the deal. There'd be the other half saying, no way. You can't give up on Nimhart. And, and I get that. So I, I, I'm somewhere right in the middle. But I think that if the Pacers were really saying, what's uh, more likely to have us make a further run in the playoffs, I think doing this deal would probably you know, be a safer, um, this could get us, this could win us. A playoff series something like that it's it's a very like very interesting trade and i think that both teams would consider it and i and once again i feel like both teams would be like i, I like my asset more than what they're probably. giving up probably you know that's because you always value your players more than the opposing oh, players so that is one thing there so i have two left i only have one that i really feel is worth it one's a four-team deal which i <laughs> i just got carried away with myself um but one is a three-team deal flashy and i think this is one that is interesting it's we're going to stay in Atlanta. You talked about Atlanta being a team that's really uh, could be sellers. And we're also going to stay with Chicago. I told you I had a lot of Alex Caruso trades, so just bear with me here. Um, the Hawks are going to get Buddy Heald and Andre Drummond. Okay, two expiring contracts around uh, yeah, $22.5 million. Now, the Chicago Bulls are getting Obi Toppin and Isaiah Jackson, similar same package, uh, trade package I threw together earlier. But if we feel like it's going to take that 2028 first round pick, then I think you just trade it with protections on it. Maybe do a top eight protected 2028 first round pick to get you Alex Caruso if you really think he can be that missing piece at the shooting guard. But in addition to that, from the Atlanta Hawks, you're getting Clint Capella. 
And this is where it gets interesting. I understand Capella center position. You are trading Isaiah Jackson. So that does allow for there to be a third string center on this team with Jalen Smith there at the power forward spot. It does kind of leave that spot open too. If you don't trust Jairus Walker, you could play Jalen at the four with Capella at the five, or you just play a lot of minutes with Siakam there at the four. And maybe you just trust a guy like Aaron Eastman to play some four, go a little bit smaller from time to time. So there is some optionality there with that, knowing you have Caruso now on the roster. Now, the main reason I'm looking at this trade uh, in this regard is obviously I want to get better with Caruso. So that's the reason I'm willing to get off Toppin and Jackson. The reason I'm trading Buddy Hill for Clint Capella, Clint Capella makes $22 million next year and he's an expiring contract. That is a massive tradable contract. And if even if you just say, Capella, you're not in our rotation, you kind of try to trade him in the offseason, I think that gives you more leverage than what you would get for Buddy Heald at this point. So you're kind of kicking that can down the road in terms of the asset, and you're helping Atlanta get off that money down the road for future stuff. Um, Andre Drummond can help them be a serviceable center at this point and, and be that backup center they need now that you let a Kongwu start. And then I think... The Bulls, they already have their starting center in Vooch. Now they get a young Isaiah Jackson as their backup center on a much cheaper contract moving forward. So I think it could make sense for all teams involved. It's just, do the Pacers really want to invest in Clint Capella and give up that first round pick? So I got about a luggage of things to unpack here. So a lot of moving parts, but essentially you said uh, in this deal, you know, Buddy Hield's going out from the Pacers, uh, Isaiah Jackson, Obi Toppin, and there was what was it a 20, 2027 pick swap or what it was, was twenty twenty eight top eight protected twenty twenty eight top eight protected we get Caruso and Clint Capella obviously you know yeah short term there, there's there's not really the need for Clint Capella obviously it's he becomes a big trade ship um hmm okay this this is this is interesting now I can move on from Buddy I could. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, I, I I could. I'm really torn here. I'm really torn. I know. I'm really torn because you already like start to then think, what could we get for Clint Capella? And you don't know what. You yeah. just know that it would eventually he would be dealt. Mm -hmm. So that that that's the tough part of a, like short term. If Capella's out of the rotation, then you're giving up Buddy, Ijax, and Obi guys that are in the rotation for just one rotational player. Yeah. I mean, here's how you have to look at it too. Like rotations are going to shorten up complete yeah, time. You definitely. do want some, you do want some depth at center. If you do get in foul trouble, someone you can trust. Like there were times where they really could have used Daniel Tice because of all the injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Smith oh, yeah. center. They've had injuries. So Capella is a reliable guy you can play. And he's been in big moments before too. So it's like, not that you don't trust Isaiah Jackson. I'm not saying that, but you just, have that as an option. You, you can put Ben Shepard now in the rotation if you trust what he's doing for Buddy Hill's minutes with the backup. Or, you know, or you give Jairus Walker more of an opportunity because I feel like at some point, you know, they're going to have to eventually open up that window. And I think more long-term, maybe next season, that's when you kind of slide Jairus in there as the backup power forward moving forward. But, I mean, if you're in a playoff series, I'm sure Pascal Siakam is going to play close to 40 minutes again. Uh, yeah, at least, yeah, you got to imagine him playing like, you know, 35-plus minutes. Yeah, uh, you know, so, hmm. 
it's interesting because I'm starting to be like, okay, you know, yeah, it is good that it opens up playing time for Jairus Walker, but it's like, is that this season? It yeah. very well, it very well might not be. I mean, are you going to trust Obi Toppin in a playoff series or Buddy? Healy? Not right now. No. no. I mean, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And it's like, you know, most rotations shrink down to nine players. Yeah. And that's what I mentioned. Like Aaron Eastmith could play the four if you need him to at times. You have Caruso, you have Nimhard, you have uh, Halliburton. That could be your one, two, three at, at a at a point if you needed to go that way. Obviously, they still would have Ben Matherin who could play in that spot as well in the three positions. So I, I think there's some potential there. You are giving up, you know, two guys at least that are in the rotation. Now, Isaiah Jackson's on the outside looking in, right? Yeah, so. I think right now he is. And that's, that's what we got to kind of remember is with a healthy roster, he probably is out of the rotation. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm shaking in my boots parting with this 2028 first, though. Yeah, I really top eight protected. That's yeah. the only part. I mean, it just depends on how much you believe in Caruso and how much he can help you win this year. I mean, and when we say help win this year, I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking help win a first-round series? Because it's like, obviously, we know this Pacers team isn't built to win at all. Um, but the one someone thing to that throw I'm on a Brunson, someone to throw yeah, on a Tyrese I mean, Maxey, I mean, you don't I have mean, anybody like that. We, you have we do not have anybody like that, and it was yeah. painful watching Jalen Brunson absolutely just torch the Pacers the other night. So and to it, me, and I know this sounds so stupid because I don't think the Pacers are anywhere near where the Celtics were at this point, but I feel like a, a trade like this for Caruso could be very similar to what the Celtics did to get Derek White. It was big. That changed a lot. And I think short term, people didn't really see it. But you look at down the line, what they were able to do. I mean, they really started to sure this team up defensively big time. And I think that that's part of the reason why all of a sudden Boston transcended into a top, you know, the top defensive team in the league, you know, over the last couple of years. So um, my one thing that, I, that I'm trying to say to myself that's helping out is you could trade Clint Capella for a first round pick. Shorter term, you know, if, if you do this deal, maybe you flip them for like a 2025 or a 2026 first round pick and you at least have an extra pick to play with. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you're going to get that for Clint Capella. That's the only I don't problem. know if you are. I don't, I really don't know. It's yeah, it depends on what teams out there need a center and if there's a team that'd be willing to, you know, take on Capella's contract and send the pace or something to make this a bigger deal. You know what I mean? Like a four team deal. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if the only way to get a first-round pick for Capella might be to take on another bigger contract. And then it's like, whoa, you don't want to go down that road. So as much as I would like Caruso, I'm just not sure if it's too much that we're giving up in terms of essentially three players, uh, 2028 protected pick, taking on Capella, you know, things like that. Because what if you do struggle to move Clint Capella? Then you got $20 yeah. million dollars sitting on your roster not playing. That's a little bit tough. Yeah, and this is maybe where you can get Golden State involved instead of Atlanta. I don't know. You know, try to trade Buddy Hill to a, a Golden State. Maybe they send back uh, Andrew Wiggins to the Pacers, and then they send that first-round pick to the Bulls to get off Wiggins, and the Pacers take Caruso and don't worry about the pick. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Some more money, though. That's the only problem. I know. I, I get worried about the, these books because everything's going to – like right now we live in this world where the Pacers have all this cap space and the, not for long, not for long. Once no, they're not going to have cap space. That's, they're you not. Have to, you have to work with them as a team over the cap, and that's why you need to have contracts that are tradable. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm looking at things. You know, 
you could get crazy. You could go out and there's people are going to freak out if I say this, but uh -uh. like, you know, if you don't want to take on Capella, would you be willing to trade Capella to like Charlotte or something for Gordon Hayward? I, I would because Gordon Hayward right now is an expiring deal. Yeah. So I, I definitely would. And if you could just not have that long-term money, I think that that's going to be big because all of a sudden, you know, you could be in a scenario where what if the Pacers did do that trade for Clint Capella and then Jalen Smith opts out, but he could have been signed for $10 million, but instead you got Capella sitting there at $20 million and, you know, it gets, it gets a little bit tough. So there's stuff to like about the trade, but there's something about that 2028 first rounder that I almost I only want to smash if it's an absolute emergency. Like what? Because yeah. a couple of years from now, you know, it's 2024. It's early 2024. In 2025, 2026, 2027, there could be scenarios where that 2028 first can be justified to make a move that we have to make. Mm -hmm. I think right now this would be like more of a want rather than a need like yeah we we definitely want caruso we, we kind of need caruso but it's not like we absolutely have to part with that deal that pick right now no we don't have to i mean it's just a thought you know what oh, I mean? yeah no no and, and it's definitely intriguing and i think that there's some people that might say who cares about a 2028 you know first round pick that's years from now but you know we'll, we'll see i mean the lakers have been clutching that 2029 first round pick like like they won't trade that for anything so mm -hmm. some teams really do value that. Some teams, you know, can't look that far down the line. I think for the Pacers, you're always a little bit skeptical knowing that you might not be a player in free agent, but that could be changing. You know, we're starting to see that change with Halliburton and, and Siakam and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, maybe it won't be the same old Pacers. Maybe by 2028, we've become far more of a destination. You know, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking here, Vachi, to see how this could work out. It's getting kind of crazy. It's a little too much. <laughs> I, I think it could be a little, a little oh, bit Oh, man, this is driving me crazy. I mean, you might have to get rid of a guy like Jalen Smith instead of Isaiah Jackson. But that doesn't even really do much moving the needle. It's like, man, everything's just getting chaotic here for the Hayward because his contract's so big. You can make a P.J. Washington instead. Now, that'd be intriguing. Hmm. Let me see what I can do here. I'm just going to keep talking as we're doing this just because it's uh, it's interesting. I just feel like there's ways that the Pacers could do this. Or, you know, you maybe you just make this trade and keep on to Capella. And then, like we talked about earlier, just sign Gordon Hayward outright and, uh, you know, in a buyout market. Just yeah. Split I mean, by I, that four spot. I know. And that that's kind of where I'm at of, like, how can the Pacers get better without giving up, you know, too much at the deadline where you're not all of a sudden you've overhauled a third of this roster. Mm -hmm. And I do think there could be some good buyout options for, for Indiana. And I think that that, that is something that um, if you can't make an actual real good deal, don't just make a deal just to make a deal. Because I think that, that there could be someone available in the buyout options that, that allows you to keep this team intact, but also still be able to get better. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, Fachi. I mean, people are probably like, man, you guys are just wasting your time talking about these deals here. Um, I mean, hey, we did already make a massive deal. So yes. if the Pacers do just sit on their, their their hands over here, I wouldn't be mad. But I do think that because they have that open roster spot, because they do have expiring an expiring contract in Buddy Heald, it makes you say, why not? 
And I yeah. think that right now the Pacers are very well aware of, you know, Buddy's struggles and the fact that they could go out and make a move. But at the same point, it depends on what their long-term plan is. If they really do see Buddy healed with this uh, team moving forward, then, yeah, they're probably saying, hey, you know what, we're not in a rush. Why yeah. Why can't we revisit this in the offseason? Yeah, knows? revisit in the offseason. If it doesn't come to a deal, you got Ben Shepard that can play. Yep. Um, give him your two <laughs> sophomore slumps are a real thing, though, Pachi. So. That is Chris Duarte. Well, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I think we've talked enough about trades here. I think so. I, given enough out, it's getting kind of late. We've done a little bit lengthier of a podcast here. Maybe we'll make this a two-parter episode just for you guys to not have to listen to it all at once. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what happens this week. I think we're all excited for some trades. And even if the Pacers don't make any, how the rest of the NBA landscape changes by this time Thursday. So we'll have to keep an eye on all the people that could be moved. But Fachi, with that being said, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPod, STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPod, STP. You can find us on Facebook, Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Set the Pace. Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast. We can find all of our video content. Most of our post-game video recaps will be on there. And if you guys are listening on the YouTube page and you're like, man, I want to hear more from these guys, download the podcast app of your choice and listen to setting the pace Monday through Friday. Whatever days we have available, we're going to have content for you. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited for the Pacers to get back on their winning ways, then go ahead and hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.